Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of my podcast, the Just Listen Cliff Jones podcast. Today's episode is going to cover my experience as a piano teacher. I'm going to take you to the very first time that I started teaching piano, how I stumbled upon it, the funny stories that I've experienced as a piano teacher, and I'm going to talk about some of my students, my past students and my present day students as well. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is episode four of the Just Listen podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about my experience as a piano teacher. I'm talking about my first time ever teaching piano and, um, you know, just the ups and downs, ins and outs, the fun stories, the hard times. You know, I'm just going to share it all with you. So I'm going to start by first saying I want to thank you, say thank you to everybody that has tuned into the first three episodes. It means a lot. Um, You know, it it just means everything to me. Thank you to those who have shared um, my podcast for others to listen to. And thank you to those who have just gave me, given me feedback. It's much appreciated. And yeah, this is episode four. So take you back. I first started teaching piano when I was about... How old? I'm 32 now. So seven years ago, 25 years old. The excuse me. The way that I did it, the way I stumbled upon it. I remember I came into HSA. It's my last lesson of the year. I think Harlem School of Arts is HSA. Um, it's my last lesson of the year, and we was getting ready for um the summer session to um to to because we have a summer camp and. Basically, what ended up happening was at the end, at the end of the, the school year, um, the supervisor at the time, my, my chairman at the time was like, you know, what do you think of, um, you know, teaching piano? And I was just like, well, I don't know. Like, I never taught anybody in my life at that time. You know, I taught I me. Mean, actually, actually, I taught people here and there, but they weren't really serious. It would just be like maybe a 10 or 15 minute lesson. But they were talking about. Um, literally saying, hey, you are going to just teach like full classes. I was just like, "Uh, I don't know about this. But I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, I didn't think anything of it. So at that time at Harlem School of Arts, I was an accompanist for the Dorothy Maynard Singers. Um, It's a singing class that's led by um, Yolanda Wins, who's now chairman of the music department. Shout out to Yolanda Wins. The real MVP. She's amazing. She's great. Um, and so, anyways, summer comes. I do the summer program. I'm a counselor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Summer time ends. Now we're starting up for the fall. And I come down on a Saturday. I'll never forget this. They're like um, the person that was head of that was um, teaching all of the group keyboard classes um his name is mr smith 
not there no he's not there no more, but his name is Mr. Smith. He came to me, he was like, Yo, Cliff. He's like, Yeah. How would you feel like how would you feel about covering my class today? I was like, What do you mean? Like cover your class? He was like, Yeah, just go inside. Um, there's, there's four and five year olds. Like there's like ten of them. My goodness, ten four and five year olds. I love kids, but ten four and five year olds for somebody that has never taught in his life is a, is amazing and it's a it's a it's a feat. But <laughs> and I'm my, my anxiety was acting up. I was really scared. Um and he was like, yo, just go because I have to go somewhere. So I was like, um, okay. And I was like, I go so I went inside. You see all these little people looking at you. And uh, the parents, the par- this is when, like, um, back when parents could be in a room with the kids and whatnot, um, taking class with their, with their, um, you know, their kids. And it was just, like, they're staring at me. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> it was just that real awkward moment. And um, so I was just like, you know what? I just took my deep breath. I'm like, hey, my name is Mr. Cliff. And I'm subbing for Mr. Smith. Uh, I remember they were reading out of some book, but it was like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just like, you know what, I'm just switch it up. I wanted to know whether or not they knew something called five finger position. For those that don't know, five finger position is the the foundation of piano. You got to make sure your fingers are all on the piano, of course. Five, your, your five fingers on your right hand. We always start with the right hand. Make sure your thumb is on middle C, your pointer is on D. Third finger, which is your middle finger, is on E. Fourth finger, which is your ring finger, is on F. And your pinky finger, which is your fifth finger, is on G. And you just do little, they, the kids just do little exercises. They play C, D, maybe C, E, C, F, C, G, etc., etc. So I remember doing that with them, and I just was nervous the whole entire time. And then next thing you know, as the weeks went by, little by little, I started to get more and more comfortable, you know, with the kids and my own teaching style and and coming up with ideas on how to, um, you know, teach um, four and five year olds in a group class, you know, and the way that I was able to do it was (laughs) by being a kid myself. When you're dealing with four and five year olds or you're doing dealing with little kids, you have to be a kid yourself, but also maintain that authoritative authoritative or however you pronounce that word. <laughs> How uh you gotta maintain that, that sense of authority in your classroom, you know. So it ended up making the transition smoother, you know, making these kids laugh, making these kids feel comfortable and by acting like a big kid myself and acting silly and all that good stuff. And um so I was teaching group piano for a few, 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 few um, years actually, and then I got my first private lesson student, not even at Harlem School of Arts, um, and Parkchester actually in the Bronx. Um, one of my friends from college, he used to teach him, and um, he was like, "Yo, Cliff, I'm not gonna be able to teach him anymore. You know, you're you're a really good pianist. You know, why don't you just take over?" I was like, uh, okay, cool. So <laughs> I remember the first day of lessons, um, we went over whatever um, my friend was teaching him. And um, it was cool. It was good. It was really cool. It was really good. Really good. You know, as time went on, I got more more comfortable with, with the student and his family. His family is really amazing. Um, but then, like, this student is was like, and he still is, 
he's not my student anymore, but you know, he's a really smart kid. We started studying at eight years old. I started studying with him when he was eight years old. Um, and like the conversations we have, we would have besides music, it would almost feel like I'm talking to somebody that's an adult, like a really smart kid. But the thing with him was that he's a perfectionist. And I didn't know that at first. So I remember I was giving him, what did I, what did I, what was I teaching him? I was teaching him, uh, Kulao's, not Kulao. I don't remember the name of the piece. I think it was Beethoven. Yes, it was Beethoven's um, Moonlight Sonata, Movement 1. This is when he's like nine years old now. You know, nine years old playing the first movement of um, Beethoven that shows you how talented he is. And I remember like giving him the music. You know, we had done a lot of theory. But prior to, to giving him any type of music, I made sure that his theory was up to par. I would give him exams. I would really drill the theory. Long, made sure that he knew whole notes, half notes, quarters, eight, sixteenth notes, the lines and spaces of the treble and the bass clef, ledger lines above the staff, below the staff. I made sure he knew the whole entire nine. All the key signatures, how to play the different scales. I made sure. You know, we drilled that. I drilled that in him, right? So, Moonlight Sonata. And I noticed that anytime that it was a passage that he was struggling on, he um, would get frustrated. And I'm like, listen, you got to slow down. And he's like, nah, I got to get this now. Because normally in his in, in school, he gets everything really quick. You know, he's he's a very smart kid. He's top. He was top of his class at eight years old. And all the way through through um, elementary school, middle school. Now he's in, in high school. Um, he's a smart kid. So this passage, whatever it was, in, in Moonlight Sonata, he was struggling. I remember... Like, yo, listen, you have to slow down. No, I'm going to do it my way. He never said that out loud, but you could tell from his body language. And it would be a battle with me and him. Because, you know, after a while, I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm not going to yell and scream at you. What do I look like? I don't yell and scream at somebody's kid. I'm going to let you just do what you want to do. And he kept doing what he wanted to do. And he kept having the same results, the same mistakes over and over again. And then until he finally got frustrated and started to cry. And I'm really like, yo, why are you crying? It's like, because I want to do this right now and I can't get this. And I'll have to talk to him and be like, listen, I know you're a perfectionist. I know you want to get this thing, this, these things done and you want to learn this piece right away so you can move on to something else. But this is the thing about piano that it's not easy, number one, and you have no choice but to be patient. You have to be patient with the process, you know, and it took a lot of drilling. When I say drilling, I mean a lot of talking to him. <laughs> it took a lot of like patience on my end <clears throat> and patience on his end to understand that like, yo, you have no choice but to be patient. And the analogy that I used was that playing piano is just is, or playing playing piano is is like life you know we as human beings we're, we're, we're we want that instant gratification that doesn't exist we want everything yesterday instead of like being patient and putting the work in and yes getting frustrated that's all part of the process 
And, you know, eventually everything will come your way. But you got to be patient. And I, I, I equivocate that to life. You know, we may have dreams. We may have goals. We may have whatever. We may have dreams of being a billionaire or, or getting this promotion or being with somebody that, that we want to be with. But, you know, you have to work towards whatever these goals are. You have to be patient. You have to be persistent. You have to be consistent. You have to be able to take constructive criticism. You know, anything that you want in life is possible. You know, you just got to be patient. And also, with patience and consistency and everything else comes, you know, you have to have a sense of belief in a higher power, whether it be God, whether it be whatever your religion is, or even if you're not super religious, whether you're a spiritualist, you know, you got to, all of that goes hand in hand, speaking certain things, and even if you manifest and all that good stuff. You know, you got to have something to guide you, so to speak. And also, no, I know I'm getting a little bit off track about my teaching, but <clears throat> but these are things that I've, I've, I've learned along the way as a pianist and as a teacher as well is, you know, you can pray, you can manifest, you can meditate, you can do whatever, this, that, and third. you have dreams are grander, but if you don't put no action towards it, you're not going to get things done. So to make a long story short, I had to really relate that to to him, my first student, that all of everything that I'm not just this was this is what I would tell him. I would say that I'm not just teaching you piano, piano I'm teaching you life, you know, in life, there's ups and downs, but you can't just give up. And I would not let him give up. I, I push him, push him and, you know, make sure he work hard. And now um, I haven't seen him and I haven't taught him in like about a year, but we speak every now and then. And, you know, he's doing much better now. And I'm very proud of him. Like, super cool kid. Um, now I'll tell you another story. <laughs> this is like my first time. This story is about the first time that I taught like a large, large group class of like 30 kids. I say 30, 4 and 5 year old kids. And then, all right, hold on. Let me just go right into my story. So, <laughs> it was the first day of summer camp. I was um, about 27 years old, roughly 27. By that time, by the time of, I was 27, I had been uh, uh, I had been a camp counselor for eight years. 27 was going to be the first year that I was going to be a teacher in the summer. Right. So, I didn't know that. I came into work as a counselor the first day of camp when I was 27 years old. So, I'm thinking, all right, you know, same old regular summer stuff. I'm going to be counselor for the whole day, you know. I go, I'm, I'm now mind you, I'm a, I'm a counselor for, for at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 9 to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12. And those first three hours... Kids are taking classes at Harm School of Arts, music, dance, maybe some type of theater or whatever, acting, dance, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, I'll never forget this. The kids have lunch at 12 p.m. all the way to 1 p.m. 12.58 comes. My my um uh, my senior camp counselor and my um supervisor comes. Camp director. They come over and they're like, yo, Cliff, guess what? I'm like, what's up? 
you're going to be teaching group piano from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Now, one at 4 p.m. is when we do dismissal. So you're teaching uh, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. So get ready. I was like, wait, what do you mean I'm teaching? You have two minutes to get to your class and teach at 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> um, those that know the layout of Harlem School of the Arts, I'm being told this um, in the cafeteria of the school. Now, those who know where, or who, or those who remember where the, um, the old keyboard room was in room 206, I'm going to give you my thought process. As I'm walking up the stairs, I'm thinking like, yo, what am I going to teach these kids from now where I'm at in the, um, going up these stairs, making a left and making a right and then making another left to, to room 206. What am I going to teach these kids? How am I going to get them to listen? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? <laughs> How many kids is it? I'm thinking like, oh, maybe it's only like 10 kids. So anyway, I come up with, idea, with, with a plan. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm ready. I set foot in my classroom. It's 33. It was actually 33 kids in this classroom. 33 kids. Four and five-year-olds. Just waiting, standing, waiting for me to sit them, seat them. There was only how many pianos? 10, I think, or 11, something like that. So I had to figure out, like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> it was funny, though, like, because it was like, everybody's looking at me. Everybody's waiting on my instruction, the counselors as well. And I'm just like, yo, what am I going to do? So I was like, all right, quick. Let me think. Boom. All right. Three to a kid. Three, three to a, um, three to a, a piano. Cause we have, um, electric keyboards, um, full, full size electric keyboards, 88 keys. I'm like, cool. This is what we're going to do. Three to a piano, three to a keyboard. It's like, oh snap. We don't have enough chairs. All right. Cause somebody go get me some chairs. Da, 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 da. And like, you know, and, and in less than like 10 minutes, you know, class is set up and I get right into teacher mode. Good morning. I mean, good afternoon. My name is Mr. Cliff. Welcome to your first day of piano lessons. How's everybody enjoying camp? And I, you know, end up just like, <laughs> like winging it. And um, I remember that first lesson with the group group piano. I taught them the five finger position. I made a game out of learning the, the note values, whole notes, half notes, quarters, eighths, sixteenths. I, um, you know, just kept doing it. And, you know, that day went really smooth. And that summer went really smooth. And now it's just amazing. You know, sidebar, do a quick sidebar where it's, it's amazing when you're put in a position where you are forced to think on the spot, right? And you're forced to come up with these ideas or forced to create something and you have no idea what you're doing. You know, you may feel like, I, this is not gonna work, right? And then it turns out good, or even if it doesn't turn out bad, or even if it turns out bad, you know, if you keep at it, like down the line, down the line, you're working at it. Next thing you know, you're, you're seeing your progress, you're seeing your growth, and then you have that moment of reflection. And you're like, yo, I can't believe I came from all the way back at A, now I'm at the letter T, you know? It's just amazing. So, 
um, that was that first class of piano, group piano with like 30 kids in the class. And now I fast forward to today, you know, I'm teaching uh, how many group classes at Harm School of Arts? I'm teaching one, two, two on Wednesday, one on Thursday. I'm teaching five group classes throughout the week. And, you know, I have a certain system. I have, you know, rules and regulations and a whole entire syllabus of how I'm, what I'm going to teach these kids. And it's just a beautiful thing. Um, let me see. I'm going to speak about who else. I want to talk about some of my other students. Um, I ran into another student that's a perfectionist. I'm still teaching her today. Um, she's really bright really bright she's um 10 years old now i've been teaching her for, since she was seven so these past three years um with her she's the type of perfectionist that is like if she doesn't get something yes she will cry but it wouldn't be out of anger it would be like yo she's ashamed of herself or she would feel like you know she's not good enough and um i remember one of our first lessons i asked her you know what do you want to do with piano she was like, yo, Mr. Cliff, I want to go into, La- I want to go to LaGuardia High School and then see, you know, what I can do from there. And I was like, what? You want to go to LaGuardia? I was like, she's seven years old. And she's like, yeah, I want to go to LaGuardia for piano and, and voice. I was like, well, I can't sing to save my life, but I'll definitely help you with the piano aspect of it. And um, it's just amazing. At seven years old, she could, she could think that. So, I remember the first piece I gave her was a, a march by um, Bergmiller. And the funny story about that piece is that that was the first piece that I ever learned when I first came to Harlem School of Arts. Um, so, we did that piece, and there was a part where she was just really struggling, really struggling. And she was taking my, she's the type of person that would take direction. She takes direction, she takes constructive criticism very well. And she was just like, yo, I can't do this. And she started to cry. I was like, you know, why are you crying? What's up? She's like, yo, I need this to be perfect. I want this to be perfect for you. You know, and, you know, I don't want to disappoint you. I'm like, first of all, you're not disappointing me because, you know, you're putting in the work. It's just that, you know, it's a little challenging. It's okay to cry. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Take your moment. If you need to cry, cry. This is all part of the process. But don't be so hard on yourself. You can't be so hard on yourself. Very much similar to my, my first student. But except for that, like, she wouldn't get angry. She would just, like, feel like she's not good enough. And then, you know, I show her. We work through it. We work through whatever passage that, that we're um, learning. And bada boom, bada bing. Next thing you know, she gets it. And she's moving forward. And um, she's still my student to this day. Right now, she's studying... Um, Schubert's Impromptu, Opus 90, number uh, one, I think it is, an E-flat major, or is it, no, it's number two, an E-flat major, and, you know, that's, that's this, to date, to, to this day, that's, like, one of the hardest pieces she's played, and learning, and, you know, she's just great, like, <laughs> like, uh, she's just an amazing kid, like, she has so many dreams, so many goals, and, you know, it's just an honor to, to, to be able to teach her. Um, I'm going to speak about one more student. Because, uh, like, these three students that I've talked about, my three private lesson students that I've talked about in this podcast have really, like, 
shaped me to be a better teacher, to actually to be a better man and even a better musician. Um, because, you know, you're seeing different aspects of how kids a- approach music and you're seeing, you know, how like their process of like how they overcome challenges. And, you know, it's very it's very similar to, to me, you know, even though they're significantly younger than me and don't have as much experience in music. You know, sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I get super annoyed. Sometimes I even cry. It's like, yo, I can't get this. What's going on? Why would you compose such and such and such like this? You know, and it's, it's just amazing, like, to see, like, these, these three students that... The last one I'm about to talk about right now, how they process music and process piano music. So this last student that I'm going to talk about, um, he has some type of disability i'm not i don't i don't want to put a name to it and and you know i don't know much about you know kids being on the spectrum or anything like that so i just want to say that he has something something about him right i first met him and when i was a camp counselor um when i was like 22 right and i could tell that he had a love for music um i didn't see him since then i didn't, I didn't see him he had when I was 22 he didn't come back he comes back maybe uh six years later because he was six years old then so then we resumed we started our lessons when I was when he was 12 so now I am at that time I'm 28 years old no I don't remember exactly how old. I'm 30, I think. Something like that along those lines. So maybe I was 24 when I first met him, and then six years later, I'm 30. So let me tell you about this kid. Even though there's something there's something about him, I don't, I don't know exactly what the spectrum is or whatever the case may be, this kid's air for music is insane. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm explain why. Um, I remember our first lesson, I gave him... The Kulau uh, Sonatina in C major, Opus 20, number one. I think that's the, the, the actual Opus number and number of the, or is it Opus 55? I don't remember exactly. I think it's Opus 55, number one, something like that. Really famous piece that, you know, a lot of pianists play. So anyway, I gave him that piece and I start playing it, right? I play it for him, right? Um, And then next thing you know, He's like, oh, let me, let me, let me try, right? And don't you know he played the piece almost perfectly by ear, not even looking at the music, right? And I'm just like, wow, that's really impressive. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, I can do this. Like, I know how to do this. So, you know, throughout the throughout the the semester, you know, with us us studying with one another and me teaching him, um, I remember one lesson. He's like, Mr. Cliff, I want you to hear something. He was like, Mr. Cliff, what if I, I dropped, what if I played the piece in G major? He's like, what do you mean? It's like, all you got to do is put, instead of, when you're looking at the music, instead of seeing C, see the letter G. Now, let me try to break down what exactly that means. If you're looking at C, right, even if you don't know what sheet music looks like, or you don't understand C, sheet music, if we start on C, let's count the alphabet. C is 1, D is 2, E is 3, F is 4, G is 5. That's going up a fifth. 
So that means that anytime you're looking at the music, any note that's on the on the page, instead of playing that actual note, you have to think up a fifth. So every note, I'm explaining it again. Every note that's on this page, you're, you're reading, you're trans, it's called transposing. You're transposing everything on this page, the eighth notes, 16th notes, up a fifth on the spot. And don't you know this kid did that? He played the first page, transposed up a fifth or down a fourth. I'm not going to go down a fourth. I'm not going to go into exactly what that is. That's going to be crazy to explain. <laughs> but <laughs> this kid is amazing, an amazing talent. And he was just like, yeah, Mr. Cliff is just like this. And I'm just like, did you practice that? He was like, no, I just looked at it and just now and I just did it did it did decided to play like this. And I was just like, wow, that's really impressive. You know, that's just that's just God just gifting people with an ability that's beyond this our own understanding. So anyway, uh funny story is that there will be times where I have this tendency when I'm when I'm teaching, right? I hum the student's music, right? And <laughs> I caught him a couple times where it was like he's working on a passage and I'd be like, nah, it's supposed to, I, it's supposed to be like this. And I would hum the tune out. And instead of him looking at the music, he is just sounding it out with his ear. And I'm just like, you're not low, bro. You're not low. I know what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing. You think you're slick, but you're not slick. What are you doing? Cut it out. Make sure that you are reading the music. And we just have like a big, big laugh about it. And, um, you know, he, the last piece, we're, we're not studying with each other this semester or this year. Um, but the last piece that we studied was um, Haydn's, uh, the first movement of the Haydn piano sonata in F major. I forgot the actual, actual opus number, which is a really challenging piece. And I had to, Used, I had to pull tooth and nail to get him to practice because now he's getting older so it's like oh, I don't want to practice I want to be with these girls or, or I want to play games and da 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 I'm like yo bro your parents are paying money for you to be for, here for an hour with me I need you to practice and then I had to talk to his mom and she was like yo I'm going to make sure that he practices I'm like oh why are y'all doing this to me y'all are conspiring against me those are his exact words Y'all don't want me to. Y'all don't want to be. Y'all don't want me to be great. What? Get out of here, man. Beat it. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it was just. It's just an amazing. It was an amazing experience that um. To be able to teach a kid like that, his ear was great. It reminded me a lot of myself. He reminded me a lot of myself when I was coming up, because I would sound out everything by ear. It didn't matter what it was. It could be. R&B, hip-hop, classical, it could be whatever, like, I was just sounding everything out by ear, and, um, you know, it was just dope, just being able to do that, and then, you know, my teacher would catch on, and she'd be getting on me, <laughs> like, yo, you need to read the music, you know, there's, there's a reason why the music is there, you need to read the music, and, and stop trying to shortcut, so, um, you know, it was just fun, like, the, those three students, Three of many students, I should say, have really like shaped me as a as a as a teacher, as as a, as a, a musician, and 
you know, as a man. And, you know, even 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 though I didn't cover it, I had my students that were really, really challenging. That really, really tried it. And I had to really, like, go in and kick people out of my class because I'm not with it. You know, especially, like, spoiled kids, I do not do it. It's like, you come in my classroom thinking that you're the boss. Nah, it's curtains for you. You're going outside of my classroom and you're going to sit there and think about what you tried to do just now. I'm not with it. Like, not with it at all. But, um... You know, it's, it's, this journey has been, it's not, you know, it's, it's a blessing. It, I mean, it hasn't ended, you know, I don't know what God has in plan, has in store for me, but, you know, from the age of 22, I think it was, I said, no, sorry, 25 up until now, it's been a journey. It's been a blessing. You know, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I'd be teaching you know, piano. You know, as a kid, I wanted to be a track star. I wanted, I wanted to be a basketball player. High school, I wanted to be an accountant. But I'm, I'm a teacher now. And also, last thing before I end, never in my wildest dreams, never in anything would I ever think of, uh, think that I would have my own company, my own piano school. Where I'm going out and teaching kids at their class, at their at their at their house, and I have my own prices, and I'm advertising, and I'm I'm coming up I think it's crazy what God can do for you or whatever higher power that y'all believe in. It's just amazing that you know that there's somebody out there that's guiding you, and you know it's it's just this this. This, uh, I can't even get the right words because I'm so, like, like amazed and, like, so happy. Like, this journey, this this whole entire idea of me being a teacher of my own piano school, I never, when I say I never, I would have never thought that I would be doing this. I never would have thought this was possible. But it's like my grandmother always says, nothing beats a try but a failure or she always says you never know what you can do until you try you know and like those words stick to me and have stuck to me and are just like you know at my my age of 32 those words have never been more true because prior to that I, I you know I believed in myself up to a certain degree I always doubted myself this whole entire journey from when I started playing piano 14 years old all the way to 32 well 31 now well 31 it wasn't until I was 32 last month that I really really started believing in myself it's crazy you know self-doubt is a killer who knows what I could have accomplished um had I believed in myself sooner you know what I'm saying so you know I just want to end this podcast by saying thank you you know, this one is a little long, but I just want to say thank you for listening and taking time to hear my journey as a piano teacher. It means everything to me. Um, also, I just want to say any dreams, any goals that you have, don't be afraid to take that step out and just reach them and take that step forward. You know, you can speak things. Remember, like I said, you can speak things into existence all you want. But if you have no action, they never gonna get done. 
So if you want, if you want a billion dollars, or you want to be with X Y Z, you want to be with that person or this person or that person. If you want to just like go here or go there or have your own stuff, like you'll just do it. Speak into existence, pray about it, and watch how miracles happen. Watch how blessings come down. This is Cliff Jones. Thank you for listening. This is the Just Listen Podcast, Cliff Jones Podcast. Until next time, I'm a holler. Later.